Hey, Dr. Bill here. We started doing these Meet the Mentor videos at LEAP. What's LEAP? LEAP is an entrepreneurship program for high school and college students aged 15 to 25 that we've taught at UCLA for the last 16 years. What do we teach? We teach students skills to be successful in life. And the coolest thing about LEAP is that I've asked so many of my celebrity patients and business leaders to come and help, and they do. We've had Mark Wahlberg, Paula Abdul, Michael Strahan, Kathy Bates, Anthony Hopkins, Apollo Ono, Eric Garcetti, Jason Alexander. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And these people come and share the secrets of their success with our LEAP students. Typically, we get about 500 to 550 students every summer, and we literally pack them with so much information. It's like drinking from a fire hose. And one of the parts that the students love most is when we bring in these mentors. So we started this Meet the Mentor series because we didn't want this to just be a one and done week. We wanted to do it throughout the year and continue to give these students great information from great mentors to teach them how to do businesses in every field you could ever imagine. It brings me great pleasure to bring in my friends and my acquaintances and people I don't even know to interview. So today, I have somebody I know very, very well. Our mentor today is Tony Ozzie. Tony and I have been friends for over 30 years. There's a whole group of guys that all met at the Sports Club LA way back in the 80s. And it, ironically, all of these guys, and you'll see them in, in my Meet the Mentor interviews, have become incredibly successful, like Tony. So let me tell you a little bit about Tony, and then we'll dive into this. Tony Ozzie grew up in Lebanon and began his investment career in the U.S. in 1985 with his first fix-and-flip condo in Brentwood, California. In 1987, he purchased 22 fix-and-flip single-family homes in Mar Vista, West L.A. He made the transition into multifamily and retail in the early 1986s and since then has amassed a personal portfolio of over 750 units. To supervise the portfolio, Tony later founded TGA Property Management, which currently oversees management on 2,000 units. He's a real estate mogul. In addition to co-founding Vita Equities, Tony serves as the Executive Managing Director of Investments at Marcus and Millichap. Tony joined Marcus and Millichap in September 1986 and has spent over 37 years as one of the nation's top producers. He's personally closed approximately $4.7 billion in transactions. Tony believes that with success comes the responsibility to give back. He has been a longtime supporter of the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, my LEAP Foundation, and in defense of Christians, plus education and opportunities of Lebanon and the Maronite Church and Boys and Girls Club. In his spare time, he enjoys spending his time with his two beautiful daughters, Gianna and Davina. Tony also travels and has a wide variety of outdoor activities. And in fact, I just got back from Courcheval with Tony and a whole group of our friends where we went skiing for about a week and it was unbelievable. Yes, so it was. Tony, <laughs> welcome to Meet the Mentor. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in the real estate space 
and they literally say you are like a legend. What was it that really drove you into real estate? Well, Bill, I don't know if I'm a legend, but uh, I'm humbled with what you just said. Uh, honestly, it's hunger, uh, trying to make it as an immigrant, uh, not sleep on the bench, have a warm place to go home, and uh, just the fact is I just wanted to succeed and make it happen. You came here when you were how old? 19 and a half. 19 and a half from Lebanon, and you were completely fluent in English, right? Yes, no, <laughs> I was not. So I was French educated, uh, so when I came here, obviously I had a little basic of English, so I ended up going to Cambria English Institute, uh, downtown LA, Union and Ninth. I didn't know it was the worst neighborhood in the city, but beside that, five months later, I passed the TOEFL exam, that's for foreign students to go to college, and I went to LMU. So I graduated in 1984 with an accounting degree, and I figured, you know what? I'm not fit to be an accountant. I got hired by Tushras International. They needed someone who spoke three languages, Arabic, French, English, to be an international auditor. So the next day, I got invited to a luncheon in Hancock Park by a friend of ours who was in school. And during lunch, her dad came in, successful businessman. His name is Salim. Nice man. I was talking to him. I said, Salim, if you were a kid my age, just graduated from school, what would you do? He said, Tony, I'll go into real estate. I said, can we have lunch tomorrow? He said, sure. So I went to his store on 3rd and uh, La Cienega. We had lunch, and my career changed completely from accounting into real estate. You know what? This lunch theme is such a common theme. I, I, I don't even know. I, I always tell kids when they come to LEAF, you will have life-defining moments. Sometimes you plan them, sometimes you don't. I wanted to do a residency in Switzerland. I grew up poor, I had never traveled, I'd never seen the world, and I thought, you know, I don't wanna just open up a dental office and never see anything. So I applied to this clinic in Switzerland, right? right. They had one spot for 400 applicants. Wow. So I was bound and determined to get this. So I started having all my professors write letters. Then I started calling the director. And one day I'm on the phone with him and I heard this whole thing like, yeah, take him to lunch. So I said, hey, can I take you to lunch? <laughs> he goes, what, you're in San Francisco. I right. said, that's okay, I'll fly there. I had no money, that was even funnier. So I did and I got the job. That's and what you need to do. Yeah. That's an important lesson. Take people to lunch. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It changed your life. It changed my life. Uh, you know, that was the first change in my life. Then we can get into it where it changed my career from residential into commercial on another dinner and getting together with people. It's all opportunity. The more people you meet, the more you interact and uh, treat people well, and life will open up to you, different doors. But you know what else? Work hard. I know nobody works with our work ethic, you know? And kids come to me all the time and say, Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, what's the secret of success? I'm like, it's no secret. Simple. Work your buns off. That's exactly. the secret, right? <laughs> I mean, really, how hard did you work? When you compared yourself to other people in your field, I'm sure you worked harder than all of them. Uh, you know, it's funny, Bill. When I went to training at Marcus and Millie Chap in 1986, there were six of us in the Encino office at that <laughs> time. And you were limited to desks. Within six months, someone has to ship out for the new group coming in. And I was the only one left after six months from the six we went to that class. Right. 
And within two years, I'm the only one left anyway at this point uh, with the company. But uh, I think there is no secret. I'm not smarter than anybody else. Uh, uh, I graduated literally barely with 2.9 GPA. Uh, but I believed in hard work. And I always said the harder you work, the luckier you get in life. But it wasn't luck. I mean, there's definitely things you did in your career that differentiated you from other real estate agents, right? Right. I mean, what would you say are probably the top things that you did that really set you apart? And, and by the way, you started off kind of in residential and then transitioned into Correct. So commercial. when I started in, uh, in real estate, I got my license. I figured I'll do residential. So at that time, I used to live in the marina after I finished Loyola. And uh, I started selling condominiums on the beach. And uh, one of the condo I sold to, who became a friend of mine when I was studying for my real estate license, I had to make some money to pay my rent. So I saw an ad, salesman for copy or sharp. So I went, I interviewed, they hired me. And uh, just to make some money to pay my rent, pay for my car. And one Friday, I was coming home uh, in the marina, I remember Washington Square, I see this office just opening up. I said, you know what, let me stop here, go and probably I'll do my last sale of the week and, uh, for, before the weekend. I walked in, this gentleman who passed away now became a good friend of mine, Tom Edwards. Uh, uh, beard, white beard, gray hair, he's on the phone, he looks at me, he said, sit down and wait. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I said, what's going on here? He said, wait. He hung up the phone, he looked at me, he said, you're from Lebanon. I said, yes, I am. He said, whatever you're selling, I'm buying from you. I love your people. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> so I ended up selling a helicopter. He took me around. There were four new offices in the building. I sold four copier before I made it to my home, just because I made that stop at the end of the day. So him and I became good friends, and I love to cook. So I sold him a condo when I got my license on the beach in the marina on the peninsula. And we were cooking one day, and uh, he invited his neighbor, Jay Jonroy. Jay happened to be working at Marcus Americhap in, NC, in uh, San Francisco, and he was top producer. At that time, in one year, he made 750000 in 1983. That was big money. So he had just imported two Mercedes-Benz from Germany. So he came in complaining about he can't roll up the window. I said, let me go check it out for you. So I go outside, I open the fuse box, one of the fuse was popped, I brought it into the kitchen, I put foil paper, put it back, rolled it up. I said, wow, that's genius, where are you from? I said, Lebanon. He said, what do you do for a living? I said, I said, residential. He said, how do you like making $100,000 a year selling commercial real estate? My antenna went up at that time, 25 years old, $100,000 a year. I said, I'm all in. So he called Harvey Green, at that time he was the manager of Marcus Amirichap in Encino, he got me an interview. So I went there, I had lunch with Harvey, and he liked me. Then he said, I want you to interview with four other people. After five interviews, they hired me, and uh, here I am. That's amazing. So what would you say is really your kind of secret sauce? I mean, what really set you apart from all the other agents that you know disappeared? These six guys, five go away, you're still there. What is it that you were doing that really made you successful in real estate? Uh, you know, Bill, uh, I don't think I made anything different. It's I followed what they taught me. I didn't try to change. But the secret is hard work, determination, 
being honest, being straightforward, and show up. You know, that's so important. You know, I always say successful people get stuff done. And That's what it is. so many kids today, they just, they don't shut up. They're looking for a hack. They're looking for a shortcut. They're looking for, you know, the Doesn't easy way. Doesn't exist. There is no easy way, right? You may get lucky at one point or the other, but hard work is, you know, literally hard work. And frankly, I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm today. at the gym at yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Talk about what I mean, you do. Like you got this up at morning, four. I got up at four in my car at 4.30, drove to the gym. I, I walked five miles. I used to run them. Now I walk them. And came back to the gym, worked out, showered, went, got a haircut, came here. And, you know, I have the whole day filled. And I feel from four to eight, that's four hours, and people are sleeping till that time. It's all this time that's wasted. And if you're determined, the competition is so intense, you need this extra four hours to set you away different than the competition. Yeah, it's... Uh, we were skiing last week and I said, Tony, how many buildings, like big buildings, do you actually own in LA? Something like 60? 61. 61 huge buildings. I mean, did what? you ever think when you started that you would attain the success that you've attained? No, I'll be honest with you. When I started, I figured I just want to make a living. And uh, that was the most important to me. Then. Security became very important. Then when you start bringing your family member here, more responsibility on you, then you need more and more and more. And it's not about having more. It's just I enjoy what I do. Well, talk about family. You work with your brother. You work, talk about working with your nephew. So uh, I brought my brother here 1987, seven years after I was here. I set him up into construction, and we start buying a lot of home rehabbing. Then we got into the apartment uh, building. Then he started his own construction firm. We have built spec homes in Malibu, Westside, Topanga. And now we're building apartment buildings. So Paul and I, we remained partner all these years. And, and George. Uh, and George. Then my nephew, his son George, when he graduated from college, I said, what do you want to do? He didn't like the brokerage field. It wasn't cut for him. So we gave him TGA management, and he's doing an amazing job now. He's managing 2,000 units. And so I don't get involved. It gives me the time to be with you in Courchevel. Right. <laughs> you know, I talk to so many young you know, actors and whatnot, and they, they all get their real estate you know, license. They want to be an agent. I know that probably none of them are ever going to succeed that much because it's kind of like they're looking at it as a side gig. And if you really want to be successful, that has to be your focus, right? You know, when I interview people, three things I asked. Number one, real estate is not a part-time job. And whoever thinks it is, it's not. It's the easiest business to get in, the hardest to stay in it. Absolutely. Successfully. Absolutely. Right. And also, even the one they stay in it full time, when the market switches, they're all out. So the trick is to be able to survive all these years. Uh, if you want to be in the field, when I, when I interview guys, younger kids coming from college, whatever, whether USC, Loyola, UCLA, I said, if you don't make it here, what's your alternative? Oh, I may be able to go into a family business or I may be able to do this. In my head already, he's out. 
or because she's out. if they have a backup plan, thank you. You don't want them. Yeah, this is I your understand. only plan, and you're gonna succeed. Otherwise, uh, there's no reason for you to be here. Okay, so let's say I'm a young student listening to this right now, and and, and I really feel like like real estate could be my passion. What advice would you give to these young students to emulate you and have a career like you have? Uh, it's very simple. Be determined, work hard, be focused, use your time efficiently, because all what you have as a real estate agent is your time, and don't throw your hours in the garbage like taking money out of your pocket, and that's what you're doing and be very effective in how you operate. And I have one more. Find a great mentor. Fi amazing, find a great mentor. And Someone. you had. Yeah. You had. Uh, Jay John Roy, who got me in the business, uh, he was a great mentor. Uh, even though he left the real estate, he became producer, but amazing negotiator. So him and I, we used to have dinner every night, and then we'll walk around the marina, and he taught me a lot. Uh, you know, what to do, the pitfall of the business. And I, I followed what he said. So uh, one time I gave uh, a seminar, and when I walked out, you gave all your secret. Aren't you worried, you know, everybody is going to be as successful and copy you? I said, you know what, when I exit this door, whatever I said today, probably 1% is going to, you know, apply what I said, and the rest won't, even though they listen to it. And this is the truth. You know, whatever you tell someone, 1% will listen, and the rest, they say, I know better. All right, I have a crazy question. I mean, you've had a long and illustrious career. If there was one project, like one project that you would say, I am the most proud of this one, what would that be? Like the biggest, like the one where everybody said, Tony, you'll never do, you'll never do, you'll never do this, and then you're like, I did it. Uh, my, building my home. When I bought my lot uh, in Malibu, you know, that was during the recession, big recession savings and loans in 1996. Right. And that was a lot of money. People didn't have money. So I remember it was an RTC, the Resolution Trust. I bought it from them in foreclosure. And I remember Fred looking at me at the gym, are you crazy dumping money in land in Malibu? What was it, seven acres, right? Uh, seven acres, right. I was 36 years old then. And I designed this home that was 16,000 square feet. I said, oh my God, you know, how am I gonna afford this? But I put my head down, I just kept doing it, and it worked out, you know. But that was probably the hardest for me. Because it wasn't income producing, it was just, you know. And you home. have all the emotion of, of, your, absolutely. of your home. Absolutely. So with everything that you've done so far, what are you looking forward to in your career? Uh, further? Uh, you know, I'm focusing on a lot of investment. Obviously, I train a lot of younger guys now. And the one I train, I'm helping him hire others to train. So we recruit people from different colleges when they come in. Uh, I like kids from college because they're still moldable. You can train them and they have a lot of energy and they're determined to succeed. And that's, you know, what I'm looking to accomplish. Give them the same opportunity I did. That's awesome. I want to go off on a tangent. Uh, you and I met at the Sports Club LA. We did. You and I are both very active and very, you know, bound and determined to stay fit. Talk about how important fitness is to you in your day-to-day -day life. 
oh my God, I mean, if I don't work out, uh, I, feel, I feel horrible. If I miss the gym, when I go out to dinner, I belong to a couple wines club and we have certain dinner, which is really hard the next day to get up at four, but I force myself, otherwise I'll feel guilty. I'm 62, going to be 63, I feel amazing. I like it when I ski or uh, you know I ride my bike or I run and whatever I do better than a 25 or 30 year old. It makes you feel good, and uh, so I'm determined. You know, God willing, you know, as long as I have the health to t continue working out and stay in shape, there is nothing better. And plus, it clears your brain for business. It makes you more focused. It gives you the energy. So. If I don't do this, how can I be running around with the 30-year-old who are competing against me in the business now? You know, you're so right. I just went to my 40-year reunion from dental school. And it was crazy because I haven't seen... I mean, these are people you see every day for three years of, of school. I haven't seen almost all these people for 40 years. And the saddest thing is 80% of my class have stopped doing dentistry, not because they wanted to, because physically they couldn't, wow. you know? And, you know, you have back problems and neck problems. And I, so, you know, I, I always stress to young people, it's so important to stay fit, not the aesthetic part, but just stay fit, stay active, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to have the longevity in a career that, that, that we've had. I, I, I agree with you. It's funny because a lot of younger people in our organization. We have 82 offices now nationwide, including Canada and 2000 Asian. And a lot of them, when we have the awards banquet, they come up to me, they said, Tony, when are you gonna retire? I got so tired of the same question. Finally, one year I was up speaking and I said, I wanna do this once for the record. I'm just starting, I'm not retiring. <laughs> so if you wanna compete, I'm just starting. <laughs> I love that. Whenever they ask me when I'm going to retire, I'm going to say, you know what? There's a problem. I hate golf. <laughs> you know, I, I don't golf either, so I don't know what I do I in know. my time. <laughs> um, if any students interested in real estate wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way? Uh, the best to call uh, my office, speak to Ben, my assistant, at 310-909-5442 and uh, let them know that where they came from, who referred them, Great. and I'm happy to meet with them and uh, show them what they need to do to succeed. And I know you sent your older daughter to LEAP. Hopefully, Davina's gonna be able to go to LEAP this year. Um, I appreciate all the support you've given LEAP over the years. And um, I also want to thank the Citizen Theater in Hollywood. This is a beautiful facility that we're filming in today. Uh, we're going to show you a short little clip on the Salvation Army and let's see how you can help the Salvation Army continue the good work it does. Dr. Bill, over and out. Love doesn't discriminate. It doesn't pick and choose. When there's so much to fight against, love fights for. When others flee, love runs toward. And when darkness prevails, love doesn't despair. It never feels too small or too weak or too powerless to help. Love knows its worth and remembers its strength. Love isn't pro this or pro that, but proactive and protective. It's never quick to rage, but always quick to courageous compassion. Love gives everything 
and expects nothing. For 156 years, the Salvation Army has loved all who feel lost. With your help, we'll never stop. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.